Alleluia, he is risen. Indeed, he has. Indeed, he has. That's the part that I'd like to focus on today, is the indeed he has. He has risen, but what does that mean? There's so many perceptions, misperceptions that we might have in this modern day and time. We minimize it. Yeah, somebody rose from the dead. Okay. Think about what I just said. Yeah, somebody rose from the dead. How can we minimize that? This, brothers and sisters, is the Evangelion. It is the good news that Jesus Christ suffered, died, and rose from the dead. There's no better news for you, for me, for the past, for the future, for anything. There is no better news. Because why? Because death is not the end. Death is not the end. But there are so many other things that this points to as well. I mean, just think about what we've gone through in the last three days, let alone the last two and a half months with Lent, let alone the last year with COVID. Think about what we are going through. Think about what Jesus went through. After the chaos and dysfunction that happened over the last three days, we get a little bit of calm at the uh, Last Supper, but after that, things start to fall apart pretty quick. We've just lived it. We've just commemorated it. And so that chaos and dysfunction should have permeated us during these last three days. After Jesus dies, I love Holy Saturday because of one reading. But after Jesus dies, he ends up in the tomb. And there's an ancient reading that's in the office of readings that says, something strange is happening. There is a great silence on earth today, a great silence and stillness. God has fallen asleep in the flesh, and he has raised up all who have slept ever since the world began. What? What? Jesus died and sleeps? and brings everybody else who has ever died in the past up, raises them up again? What? How can that be? I mean, just imagine, imagine yourself. I, for me, Memorial Day was always a great day because we used to go out and visit the grave sites of all of my past family members. And there were a lot of them in a couple of different grave sites around Boise. But it's a garden setting, right? Cemeteries are peaceful and quiet. They're full of knowledge. They're full of the expected. Very rarely will you ever walk into a grave, into a cemetery, and 
be surprised by what you see. Unless it might be a really great work of art somewhere in there. But aside from that, when you go to a cemetery, you basically know what to expect. You can go and visit. You can say, yeah, this was great grandpa. Here's what he did. Yeah, this is great grandma. This is what she did. That's Uncle Joe. Yeah, he was a little off. But you know what? He was a great guy. You can remember. You can commemorate. You can go back to those places. But imagine if you were to go back to those places and every single one of the tombs was open. There was nothing in them. Would you be surprised then? I sure would be. But this is exactly what we're proclaiming, brothers and sisters, by the resurrection. We are proclaiming that a man died and rose again. It's all through the Gospels today. It's through the first reading. It's through the second reading. It's through the Gospel. It's what we're proclaiming. It's the glorious Evangelion, the good news. But it should also disturb you. It should also be very disquieting. Because it's something that is so unexpected. We heard it in the Gospel today. Mary goes to the tomb, fully expecting to just visit the tomb. But when she gets there, the stone's rolled away and the body's gone. So she runs back and she says to the disciples, the body's gone. Where'd they go? Where'd they take him? This isn't expected. What the heck? So John, who's the disciple that Jesus loved, who outruns Peter, by the way. I love the fact that he adds that into the gospel because it makes it more solid. It makes it more human. This young kid outruns the older and sometimes wiser Peter to the tomb. But the respect that's there is always there because he didn't enter. He waited for Peter. But they go and they see. The end of the gospel says, but we don't know where they've taken him. So they go back home. But Mary stays. She stays to weep. Because this unexpected thing has happened and they don't know what happened. They don't understand. So Peter and John go back home. But the beauty of this, brothers and sisters, is that our first reading was from the Acts of the Apostles where Peter is proclaiming the kerygma of the Gospel. And that kerygma is Jesus Christ lived. He was fully human, fully man. Fully God. He lived. He taught. He showed us the way. And then He suffered for our sins. And then He died. He was buried. But that's not the end of the story. We witnessed all of that. But brothers and sisters, we also witnessed His resurrection. We witnessed Him coming back to life, body and soul. We ate and we drank with Him. He appeared to not only one of us, 
not only two of us, not just the ten of us, but thirty of us and a hundred of us. And that's what we look forward to. This joyous celebration of Easter is about that resurrection where Jesus Christ precedes us in everything that is human and yet raises us up to the divine. That is our hope. And everything that I've just said is an absolute phenomenon. It should blow you off your feet. But I think we've gotten so comfortable with it, brothers and sisters, that at this point, with modern philosophy and with modern criticisms, we've come to the point of minimizing it. We dismiss it. We domesticate it. We make it easier for us to wrap our brains around. Because it's difficult. Because, brothers and sisters, if Jesus Christ rose from the dead, that has to be the center of your world. And that is hard. It requires change. It requires us to accept something that we haven't seen. We have to believe the testimonies of John. We have to believe the testimonies of Peter. We have to believe the testimonies of all of the saints who have gone before us. It's not a sentiment. It's not just a continuation of the ministry of which Jesus started. It's not a continuation of the Spirit of Christ. It's not just a feeling. It's not just a relief. It is, brothers and sisters, a call to change, to metanoia, to a change of mind from what culture says to what Christ has taught us. Because this, brothers and sisters, is what thousands of martyrs have died for. This is what all of the disciples, with the exception of one, have died for. If it was a mere sentiment, if it was a continuation, if it was anything but the truth, would you have died for it? Would you be willing to let go of it if it was anything but the truth. Because the disciples who witnessed it, who bear testimony in the Gospels, who bear testimony throughout the letters of Paul, throughout the Bible, the man whom all of the prophets point has been raised from the dead in fact and in truth. And this has great and wonderful repercussions for us. Because sin and death have been conquered. The world is not all there is. There is something beyond the now. Beyond the suffering. Beyond the dysfunction. Beyond all of those things that we experience in our day-to-day lives. There is more. 
And brothers and sisters, the path to that life, to that fullness of joy, is open to everyone. Because Christ did not just rise for those of us sitting here. Christ rose. He went to the depths of all of that dysfunction. He went to the depths of hell and came back so that all of us could rise with Him. Because, brothers and sisters, through our baptism, we are joined to Christ. So if He rose, we can also rise through His grace and union with Him. The resurrection, brothers and sisters, truly is the Evangelion. Truly is the good news. It's meant to permeate every aspect of our lives. Because we have died to sin and we are reborn in Christ. If we believe the testimonies of all of those who came before us. If we believe this. This calls us to need to change the way we live to conform to Him. So that we can rise with Him. So that we can rise with Him as He is on the last day, body and soul, in glory. So brothers and sisters, let us allow the resurrection, the fact of the resurrection, let us allow it to unnerve us. Let us allow it to change us. Let us allow the overwhelming love of God to transform us so that we can be with Him, body and soul, today and in eternity.